and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast, Season 2. With your host, Byron Rogers, this podcast is dedicated to the Executive Protection Practitioner, the Private Security Professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective Executive Protection Agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect her children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family, I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, enjoy the show. Out. Boom, yo, what's going on, y'all? Byron Rogers back with another episode. And today we're gonna talk about something that um, I think goes on all too often in the shadows inside of our societies. I've got a specialist here with me named Jason Pillow, and he is an owner operator of a company called Archangel Ministries. And they deal a lot with human trafficking and things of that nature. How are you doing, Jason? Good, man, good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. It's it's uh, any day I can like record an episode of the you know hop on and do the podcast and um, do these things is a good day, man. That's my contribution for now. So that's that's what's up. Yeah, I, I totally understand, man. It's been a long time since I've done anything uh, live or on air. So <laughs> oh yeah, that's oh yeah, go. okay, yeah. I um yeah, man. So the way we me and Jason kind of linked up is he dropped a few comments on some of the YouTube content I put out. And I was like, yo, uh, it's human trafficking, abductions. Like, let's talk about this stuff, sex trafficking. I would love to learn more about these things. It's something I'd, I'd like to do what I can to stop. And um, then we exchanged some emails and now here we are. So uh, I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to be learning as you guys are learning, you know. So, yeah, we'll jump right into it. Uh, Jason, who are you at your core, man? Uh, man, at my core, I'm just a protector. You know, it's, uh, one of those things, you know, you can try and run from it your whole life if you want to, but if it's in your DNA, it's in your DNA. This you can't true. really escape from it. Uh, yeah. you know, my grandfather was World War II veteran. You know, most of my family served in the military. Wow. Uh, my fight, however, wasn't one overseas. It was one right here at home. Wow. That's awesome. No, I dig that, man. That's, uh, that's good to go. We, and I think everybody in some way, shape or form, um, we just all have fights that are relative to us, you know, like my path took me over to Iraq and all that, you know, but now I fight different wars, you know what I mean? So it's like a single mom might be fighting a whole nother battle, you know? Um, so your ability to recognize that and lean into that, that's legit, man. That's bangerang. So I dig that. Well, it's uh, one of those things, you know, your past can't help but mold your future a lot of times. Yeah. And uh, I know the things that were done to me as a child and the abuse and, you know, ritual abuse and stuff that I went through and what I was wow. used for. And uh, it's just like my wife, she was trafficked during her teen years wow. and stuff like that. So we both really have a 
heart and uh, mind to reach out and try and rescue those that have been ensnared by that lifestyle. Wow. That's deep. Well, we're going to go deep now then. <laughs> that's, that's powerful, <laughs> man. Um, so what, how did you get into doing what, what you're doing? That probably just led me into the next question. Uh, well, actually I fell into it on accident. Uh, my yeah. wife had been doing it for a few years in the Memphis area, and I went to a uh, conference huh. with uh, that she had helped put together that uh, Russ Dizdar and uh, L.A. Marzulli were at, and yeah. uh, I met her there. At the time, I was actually working with uh, victims of ritual abuse okay. and, uh, you know, acting like guard dog and counselor to them. And mm. uh, one of my recent cases had put me on a trail for a group that was uh, practicing in the Memphis area. And when I went to the conference and met Janice, she told me about her ministry, which at the time was Memphis Mission. Okay. And uh, I offered my assistance to help her out. And uh, one thing led to another, because at the time I was thinking that if I helped them out and ran with them, eventually I'll be led to the group that I'm tracking. And uh you know, everything just worked out and fell into place. And I wound up uh, taking over security operations and stuff for her ministry. And then eventually it bloomed into Archangel Ministries. Wow. That's awesome, man. Um, and it's just amazing how you get on that path and then things just start happening. And they just like the road turns and twists and you end up where you end up, you know. Exactly. Um, so this ritual abuse you've mentioned a few times, what is that? If you don't mind uh, asking. If you'll remember back in the mid to late eighties, there was this huge thing. The media hyped it up called satanic panic. Okay. Uh, there were a lot of cases that came out uh, where victims of covens, you know, satanic covens uh, came forward talking about satanic ritual abuse uh, what was done to them, human sacrifices and things like that. Now, unfortunately, the psychiatric, you know, agencies and uh, the media got it, got a hold of it and spun it as hype rather than a reality. Really? Uh, yeah. And uh, they did everything they could to label those people as crazy when, in fact, they weren't. A lot of these cases did happen and were legitimate, and there was plenty of case files on them. However, they were buried along the way in order to save face of uh, some very prominent public figures that were politicians and such. Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. And it, if the media was helping out, then it was a big yeah. deal. I mean, they don't just move for anybody. Exactly. I mean, and there's all kinds of retired FBI informants and uh, even FBI agents and stuff that have come forward since then. And, exposed the files and everything they were able to come up with. As a matter of fact, the FBI just released documents for uh, the C what was known as the CIA Finders Program, which was a group of CIA assets that were involved in ritual abuse and things like that. Uh, wow. Quite an interesting read if you ever have time to look into it. If someone wants to learn more about the things you're saying or like like if someone wanted to like fact check it, like, cause you know, people right now, they're all going to sit there and they're gonna be like, yeah, whatever. Nah. Yeah. I mean, like just what could, what should they look up? Like, what should they Google? Where's the rabbit hole start at? for these? Now, guys? what I would do is I would uh, start at shatter the darkness.net. That's Russ Dizdar's personal site. Okay. And uh, mm -hmm. 
he has files upon files upon videos and everything else. The man has been dealing with this for over 30 years. Hmm. Uh, if there's a professional in the field, it's going to be him. Uh, now, however, you can also, uh, I'm not sure how much of it still exists on YouTube after their last round of deletions and everything, yeah. but uh, you can just do a simple search, FBI informant, satanic ritual abuse, hmm. and uh, it should pop up. I believe it'll pop up with uh, Gunderson, I think it's the gentleman's name, and uh, a lot of his testimonials. Wow. Okay. So essentially, satanic ritual abuse is like just molestation during like a satanic ritual uh something like that the whole purpose is to program a slave pretty okay. much uh it's what was done to me when i was a child basically uh like my family bloodline goes back uh generations as far as the orders and things like that go uh so it's been generational you know my father was ritually abused and he was did you know, uh, you'd be familiar with that dissociative identity disorder, uh, just as his father was, just as his father was, you know, and it goes back generational. Uh, basically what happens is they will take a child and they will perform rituals and they will torture the child until there is a psychotic break. Uh, once that psychotic break happens so that the child can survive, the core personality goes and retreats into the subconscious and a new personality is developed. Yeah. Uh, that new personality is then used for whatever purposes they want it to. You see it in sex trafficking a lot, like you see the sex kitten programming mm-hmm. with a lot of the girls and stuff you come across. Uh, of course, there's also personalities for runners, assassination, uh, all kinds of different things they program people for. Wow. This is interesting. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, I understand some of the underpinnings of it, but um, the mechanisms like to do that with a purpose and then make that purpose serve your purpose is interesting. Wow. And this is something that you run into in the field uh, as you guys are rescuing folks as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh girl we were working with last year, her name's Angel. Uh, well, that's her street name anyways. Right. But uh, we spent a lot of time with her. We would actually pay for her time and take her out to dinner and sit down with her and things like that. And uh, she had at least five different alternate personalities that I was able to count and verify. Identify. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, she herself admitted to having at least four. Wow. That's a painful life. It, it really is. And the uh, thing about it is, you know, back in the 80s and stuff like that, you really didn't come across this type of programming that much. Uh, but it's been an evolving thing in the trafficking world. Uh, but, of course, it's not too surprising when you have uh, groups like the cartels practicing Santa de Muerta and uh, things of that nature that are very occultic at their core. Uh, one of the pimps that was over her was actually a Haitian and he performed voodoo like rituals and stuff for her programming. Yeah. I, um, was in Haiti a while back and I got to see one of these zombies that they create and it was a surreal experience. The person was just ultra lethargic and like, just took it, like would just listen to people and take orders and kind of do whatever they told them to do. 
and was like missing a personality. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, there's different ways that people do these programmings. Uh, most of it that you come across, especially here in the States, is trauma-based. Mm. You know, uh, just like the ritual abuse victims like myself and others that have come out publicly. Uh, it can be a very complicated process if uh, you're first coming into it and don't really understand what it is that you're looking at. And it's it's really a shame. I mean, we've heard from several of the girls and stuff that we reach out to and work with about uh, what's being taught in pimp church and everything else. And these types of uh, trauma-based programming, these beatings and stuff are being taught on a regular basis these days. And you can definitely tell the influence of when the different factions and stuff are meeting up to exchange information. Hmm. Pimp church. So this is like where all the pimps go to get their like, word and like how they do things like upgrade their methods and stuff exactly exactly okay interesting it's like a pimp network and all of this wow okay uh why so why do you do what you do then well because well the old saying is know thyself Mm. to obtain peace i know what i've been through my wife knows what she's been through, but in order to really have peace, someone has to stand up for the innocent. Mm-hmm. Someone has to stand up for the broken. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we fill in the gap where law enforcement and things like that fall through the cracks. Yeah. And that's why we do what we do. You know, I mean, we have good friends and contacts in a lot of different agencies, local police, CIA, FBI, things like that, that we work with, that we were very beneficial and uh, blessed to be able to have these friendships. Yeah. Uh, but even they will admit that there's so many limitations and so much red tape as to what they can do that a lot of times they end up depending on groups like ours to be able mm-hmm. to do a lot of the footwork and groundwork so they have something to latch hold of. Mm-hmm. So like red tape, like what kind of limitations do they have, for example? Well, unfortunately, a lot of the uh, justice systems and laws that are put into place these days tend to favor the criminal as opposed to the victim. Uh, And there's lots of ways they can get through unless you just have ironclad proof and evidence against the perpetrator. Mm -hmm. So if your upper echelon is not allowing you to move on a suspect because of existing red tape or there's not enough strong evidence to amount enough suspicion to move in, then that's something they can pass off to a group like ours. And we can do the actual groundwork and hand them the evidence they need. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Motivating. I dig that. Most definitely. Heck yeah. How does someone get out of the life? Like how did you and your wife end up getting out? And like, I think with like a ritualistic thing, like they let you go after a while or how does this work? Uh, they've actually tried to kill me a few times, but, uh, Janice, it was one of those things, uh, the particular pimp that she was involved with back in the day, uh, he ran girls out exclusively to pedophiles. So once the girls reached a certain age, he would just cut them off and there'd be nothing left. Okay. Uh, so she was fortunate enough to be able to be in a situation where she could get out uh, unfortunately that really doesn't exist anymore 
Nowadays, they will just take you and change hands and hand you over to somebody else, and you're just a slave for life. Uh, I didn't break out until the summer of 2005. In May, I was in a car wreck, and uh, it was bad enough that I flatlined on the way being airlifted to Vanderbilt Hospital. Uh, And then after that, I turned my life around. I had an opportunity to accept Christ and actually change and the coven never stopped coming for me but you know my god's more powerful than theirs (laughs) so you broke out of the coven yes okay so you were like a member for a while and then they were like i was wow and they raised you in this yeah uh it was my father my father uh like i mentioned was ritually abused himself and wow. had multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. One of his uh, alternate personalities was what is referred to as a programmer. Okay. Uh, so at a very young age, he started doing the rituals and things like that to me and causing splits in my personality and programming. Uh, so there was a lot of things that they used me for that I have memories of now that mm-hmm. I didn't for a long time because the programming Control. was so strong. Yeah. Yeah. It's intense. And if there's any, if we go into anything too intense, you just let me know. Do that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm an open book, man. Really? I'm an open book. I said, uh-huh. I've spent years now, uh, doing counseling and stuff like that, you know, yeah. coping and dealing with everything that's in my past. So, uh, I'm ready. That's the reason. One of the reasons why we're going public these days. Yeah. With the industry and stuff. So, Wow. Well, I commend you, man. This is, this is some internal strength, you know, when we don't see much of that these days. So that means a lot. You got my respect. Absolutely. hundred percent. Wow. Okay. Um, so, uh, tactical background. (laughs) (laughs) background. Well, uh, Military family for starters, you know, so uh, my grandfather had me boxing, you know, by age five. Heck yeah. uh, then uh, I was passed off to my cousin Brian for a Greco-Roman wrestling, ninjutsu, really? whatever he was studying at the time, I was learning it from him. Okay. Uh, my uh, uncle Jerry is a Golden Gloves champion in Arkansas, uh, so that furthered my boxing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got into firearms and stuff. Uh, well, not to mention the training that my alters had, but, uh, and stuff, AKA the, uh, whole (laughs) wall behind you (laughs) pretty much. Uh, well, it was one of those things that once I started to have memories Mm -hmm. and of what was buried and everything else, uh, I started to realize where a lot of my training had come from my reflexes Uh and things like that. And so I picked it up and pursued it on my own. And uh, because I figured it's like, okay, yeah, obviously what was done to me was meant for evil. But now I here I am. I have a chance to turn it around and use it to help others. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, so I've furthered it. I've done uh, VIP protective training, uh, different certifications and firearms training, handgun level one, two, whatever I have available in local areas. Uh-huh. And then there's a lot of people that I train with on the side that are actually part of my team. Uh, 
you know, for instance, my buddy Caleb, he's uh, ex-Special Forces Army. Uh, awesome. uh, so I train with him on a regular basis. My buddy Henry was former Army Ranger, so I get mm-hmm. to train with him a lot. Uh, and then, like your video that you released today, uh, competitive shooting. Heck yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's what's up. It's not the best dang on way to stay sharp in the game, man. Exactly. You know, they mix up the targets for you. You run through as fast as you can. Get a timer, a little bit of stress monster on there. Like, exactly. come on, let's go. You're get after it. Maintain control. Yeah, exactly. Uh, turn up the speed, man. I dig it. That's what's up. Okay. So when you were talking about that stuff, what age were you when you got out of the coven? 18. Okay. Grown man. Go to war. Now, did they give you any kind of like combat training, tactical training? Uh, Yeah, one of my alters was actually an assassin program. So it was uh, weapons training and hand-to-hand combat. One of your alternate personalities when you say alter. Yes. That's interesting. So they're training folks to be assassins. Yes, they do. Okay. Okay. Wow. I mean, uh, you've actually, most people wouldn't realize it, but they've actually seen some of these things take place over the last few years in some of these active shooter situations. Duh. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, isn't yeah. it just like the missing piece? You know, like, <laughs> oh. Well, uh, the telltale sign for this is when an active shooter turns the gun on themselves, that's what's known as an Omega program. Uh, which is put into you. So after you've carried out your assignment, you self terminate. They can't drill you. They can't get information from you. They can't find out who it was you worked for. Uh, Cause anyone that's had thorough training and dealing with someone that's DID uh, should be able to talk to the person long enough and at least extrapolate some basic type of information. Wow, man. I'm just chewing on all this. Oh, I know it's classic again. <laughs> you know, this is like one of those. This is a this is a kind con- a conversation you just wade through. You know, you know, swim through this. You just wade through it. You know, wow. Yeah, I mean, I always be thinking, man. Like, you know, active shooter at this da 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 da. And I'm like, please get him before he kills himself. Come on, get him before he kills himself. You know, but even a lot of them we get before they kill themselves, we still don't hear anything about it, really. Well, exactly. I mean, a lot of them are put right back in the psychiatric ward and so doped out of their mind that you're not going to get anything from them anymore. Yeah. Wow. So what would you, what do you think the public needs to understand about this uh, coven or this cultic world? Well, the first thing that they need to understand is this world exists. Yeah. You're not going to see it on the mainstream news unless you understand the signs and what it is you're looking for and looking at. Uh, because they will put it up there, but it'll be so watered down that you're, mm. it's not going to stand out to you. Okay. Uh, that's the biggest thing to understand is, like I said, this world exists. It's real. It happens. You know, uh, and unfortunately, these days, I think it's growing, to be honest. You think it's what? Growing, expanding. Wow. Okay. It's expansive. Exactly. I mean, if you spend any amount of time with someone that's been overseas doing this type of work, like uh, Brother Dizdar or uh, Jonathan Dunn or uh, even people from my team, they can tell you there's never been a country we've set foot in where there weren't groups like this that were operating. Hmm. 
And uh, go ahead. What's their operation? What's their op- organizational goals? What's their operation really look like? Power, okay. control, and money. Uh, the usual. Yeah, the usual. <laughs> the usual type things. Uh, like, uh, let's see here, what's a good example? Jeffrey Epstein. That'd be a good example. Okay. You know, the human trafficking circle that he ran. Hold up, hold up, hold up. He did not kill himself. (laughs) Yes. I just had to say it. I had to say it. Just like the Christmas lights this year, they didn't hang themselves. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, So anyways, yeah. All right. So Epstein, sorry to interrupt. Okay. Well, the human trafficking ring that he was running, if you dig deep enough, it's connected to Israeli politics, uh, as well as other countries and nations such as Russia, Germany, uh, even the U.S., you know, CIA assets and things like that. Basically, what was happening is they would provide these young children, girls and boys, and uh, they would have these parties, right? And uh, these politicians and things would show up, and they would catch them in compromising positions. And they would have it on film, you know, be it camera or actual recordings, and use those as blackmail control. Like a gigantic uh, kind of like child pedophilic honeypot. Exactly. Exactly. And then when you have something that's that compromising over a politician who's, say, a family man, I don't care, Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. You toe the line or we expose you and your career is done and so is your family life. In one move. Exactly. Effective. Very um, wow. Okay. Um, so, okay. So, yeah, organizational goals, power, money, uh, the usual influence. Um, is it easy to get into one of these things? Not really. Now, there's, there's a difference in the way covens operate. Okay. You have your, what is referred to as local Satanist or self-styled Satanist. Uh, and that's usually the ones you see doing the ritual animal sacrifice and stuff like that. Gets reported on the five o'clock news. Those are like uh, diet version. Those are like yeah, the, yeah. It's like the diet coke. Yeah, it's beef. like PG guys. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, then you get deeper into the secret societies and the real covens, which is also referred to as the Brotherhood. Okay. And it goes deep, and they can trace their roots back to Babylon, Sumeria. Things like that. So you got to have a bloodline connection to be taking with these kids? You either have to have a bloodline connection or you have to have something valuable enough to buy your way in. Okay. And and they're growing? Man, that seems difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, you would think, yeah, wow, you would think it's hard to get in, you know? Hard to get in to a certain manner, yes, but you got to think that these people reproduce on a regular basis. They keep everything within the family, almost like the Royal bloodlines do. Uh, So they have three children. Okay. Well, each one of those children is going to be programmed, you know, ritually abused and programmed and used for whatever purpose they want. Uh, Then those children have four or five children of their own. That's how they keep. Now uh, they do kidnap women, children, things like that and program them and use them for whatever purposes they deem fit. 
Uh, but as far as being on the inner workings of the coven, yeah, it's bloodline or buying your way in is what's required. Okay. Well, so, all right. So then that's the covens. What would you say? Does human trafficking, I feel like there's two different sides to this human trafficking coin. You know what I mean? Okay. Like it seems like there's this cultic side and then it seems like there's this like street life side. Is You're that absolutely accurate? right. That's okay. accurate. It's very accurate. Now, I said, that's the reason why we got into the occultic, because their methods of programming and traumatizing victims is spilling over into the regular street life area. Hmm. These pimps and these gangs are learning these methods that the Satanists have been using for decades and generations. And they're starting to use them on the women and stuff that they take. That's the reason why I believe we're seeing the new level of programming you see in a lot of the prostitutes and the girls and stuff that we actually are able to get out. Wow. We've actually gone through the trouble. We've had to team up with another organization called EMI, which okay. is Express Missions International, because they are starting a branch that is based solely on trauma therapy wow. and dealing with people that are DID. What are these methods for causing these splits and things like that? Uh, severe beatings, uh, for starters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Angel, she was hogtied, blindfolded, and beat within an inch of her life. And uh, they actually took wire hangers and stuff and actually whipped the bottoms of her feet and things like that until she would go into a psychotic breakdown. Yeah. And then what would come up is what that original Haitian pimp would program to do what he wanted to. Uh, she had one altar that was uh, programmed just for disposing of bodies and things of that nature. Yeah, so uh, it's not something you come across all the time, but it is there and it seems to be growing in number. Wow. Interesting. What would you say about the uh, street human trafficking 101? Like, what do people need to know about the street side of this equation? The biggest thing that I can put forward is get it out of your head right now that these women, these children and stuff are there because they want to be there. Okay. It's not. Every now and then about one in 75, you will find a woman that got into it because of financial situations or something like that and claims it was her choice. Now, depending upon how long she's been in the game, it's not going to be her choice at a certain point because someone is going to move in and be controlling her after that. I mean, she's entered a world of vipers. How long can you tiptoe with the serpents and not get bit? Yeah. You know? So first and foremost, these women are not here by choice. They are being controlled. There's a dark hand in the background. Um, Exactly. Now, uh, if they're not being beaten, to be placed under control then they're being drugged so mechanisms of control are being beaten or drugged but like what stops a girl from like just going to the police station or fear fear Mm -hmm. fear is a very powerful powerful thing that is used a lot of these girls once they get to a certain point their pimp knows everything about them if they have children he knows about them he knows where they're (sighs) at If they have family, 
he knows about them. They know where they're at, locations and everything else. And it's nothing for these people to threaten to kill an entire family mm-hmm. or a child or a worst case scenario. They'll abduct the child and make them part of their stable. I've actually seen it happen a couple of times. Hey, man, I was like, don't tell me that's happened before. All right. Well, you're dealing with people that they have no conscience. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist at this point. Yeah. It's just consumption, basically. Exactly. Uh, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, you spent time overseas, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. So you've seen the environments over there where women are treated as objects. Mm-hmm. Nothing more. Well, that's the same way that a lot of pimps view their stable. That's an mm-hmm. object. You're nothing but property. You can be sold and done away with at my bidding, at my will. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the same thing. The only difference is where overseas you're placed under a hijab and told what you can and can't do authoritatively. Here you're uh, stripped down and promoted. That's interesting. So mechanisms of control are, fe- really it's fear or it's that's, chemical. Yeah. But really, it's fear. That's the biggest thing that we come across on a regular basis is the fear-based and trauma-based control. You know, that's uh, one of the hardest parts about this ministry is uh, staying within the confines of the law as far as we're concerned. You know, there's been times where uh, we brought a girl back or went to go pick one up to get them out, and we've sat there in the parking lot knowing that he's inside beating her with an inch of her life. And I can't act because I don't have the authorities. I can't go just run up and kick in the door and start pistol whipping people without getting on the wrong side of the law, even in my state. Man, even if you hear him beating them, what if you hear him beating them? If I hear or see them doing something that could be considered a felony, yeah, in then. my state, I'm allowed to act on it. Mm-hmm. There's other states that you can't, but in the state of Tennessee, I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm even authorizing the state of Tennessee as a citizen to engage in a you know chase and actually mm-hmm. follow them and track them in a vehicle if I have to. Wow. So you know, perks to being in Tennessee, I guess. I guess. I said, but uh, as far as if I know they're in there being beaten and stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't have any physical proof, anything tangible that I can point to and say, hey, this is what's going on. Mm. My hands are tied. I can't do anything legally speaking. Wow. That's aggressive, man. Yeah. How how does this happen? How do, how do these street or, you know, how do these women find themselves in this situation? It varies case to case. Uh, a lot of them are actually brought into it because of the child protective services system. It happens a lot yes. more than what people think. So foster homes and all that? Yeah, foster homes, stuff like that. Uh, A lot of it happens from children being runaways and being picked up by uh, scavengers. And then some of it does happen because you do have some people that are crooked within the foster homes and stuff that will flat out sell the kids. It does happen. Uh, It's a complex system, and unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of oversight to it to prevent these things from happening. Now, uh, like Angel, for example, she was put in a foster home when she was 10. She ran away at the age of 13, uh, got on a bus and went to Chicago. As soon as she got off the bus, she was picked up and taken to a house that women were being doped and trafficked out of. 
And uh, the pimp basically told her point blank, you have one of two choices. You can either do this, lay on the floor and be doped up on heroin while people use you, or you can do it on your own for me and keep a percentage of the profits, which they never get any of the money. It's all a mind game. Wow. You know, she chose option B. So it varies. Um, who would you say is most at risk for this? To be honest, these days, yeah, uh, almost anybody. Really? To be perfectly honest. I mean, uh, <laughs> males are a lot less likely unless you are a young enough child. You know, usually seven years old or under uh, is usually what's sought after as far as males go. Uh, now, they can be used up until, you know, 20s, 30s, however long that the person in control deems them valuable. Uh, <clears throat> girls are more sought after because, or well, popular-wise, they're more sought after because they're easier to program, easier to control, easier to manipulate uh, because the emotions, you know, how strong they are. I said... We've got cases of children being abducted and used in pedophilia as young as three years old. And then we also have cases of young boys being kidnapped, you know, seven, eight, nine years old and uh, girls being taken right out of the mall up here in Memphis by gangs. You know, I'm talking 22 and under. Mm-hmm. There was a case that actually got stopped uh, by an uncle that was walking into the mall not too long ago. Uh, Mom and her daughter went in. Daughter was 12 years old. Uh, Daughter needed to use the restroom, so the mother stayed outside while she went to use the restroom. In the uh, 10 minutes that she had been in the restroom, a marker had spotted her, marked her, injected her with uh, heroin, shaved her head, put a hoodie over her and was trying to escort her out. The only thing that stopped her was uncle recognized his niece. And he he was waiting in the bathroom or what? No, uh, they, they, the spotter saw her go into the bathroom and went in behind her. It was a female. Wow. That's low profile kidnapping right there, man. Exactly. I mean, she was real fortunate. The uncle was coming into the mall and recognized his niece. Yeah. <clears throat> and just his instincts uh grace of god um that's interesting man that's crazy how that's working so in terms of risk factors are there any risk factors that like increase a kid's chances of being taken advantage of in this way most definitely i mean mm-hmm. it all boils down to situational awareness okay. and you're firmly aware of you know in our profession yeah <laughs> uh so uh Predators don't like hard targets, mm-hmm. you know, right. so if you have a child, I don't care if, you know, if you have a daughter that's 18 and under and you're out with her in a public place, keep an eye on her, mm-hmm. you know, having a watch fly doesn't hurt anything. Odds are she's going to be playing with her cell phone and not paying attention to what's going on around her anyways. Right. Unless you've trained her and brought her up properly. Young children keep a very, very close eye on them. You know, train them upright, teach them that there are wolves in this world that would like nothing more than to harm them and take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. Don't instill fear in them, but give them the tools they need to recognize it if something like that happens. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's basic predator and prey 101, really, you know. It's exactly. Just teach them to pay attention, pay attention to their surroundings. And it's not an easy thing to teach humans because we work so much off of our experiential information to really take things seriously. So it's, you know. It's well, that's I, true. And that's one of the reasons why it's one of the biggest things we teach on especially yeah. if we uh, talk to churches or, you know, are doing any kind of group ministry or <clears throat> counseling or anything is I'm always real quick to stress situational awareness. You have to be on guard. You have to watch your surroundings because if you watch closely, all the people that are victims are the ones that weren't paying attention. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What about the, um, are there any specific areas where these abductions happen more or less? Well, really, it depends on the city, to be perfectly honest. Okay. Uh, now, we do have cases of children being abducted, you know, out in the country and stuff like that. But to be honest, those are actually pretty rare. A okay. lot of the abductions and things happen right out in public, public parks, malls, things of that nature. The reason being is because it's easy to take someone and slip into a crowd mm-hmm. and disappear. You know, the more people you have around you, if you're a predator that knows what you're doing, then you can blend in just like a chameleon does. And it's little to no hassle. Mm. You know, I mean, mom's sitting there talking on her cell phone, six-year-old kids, you know, five, six feet away from her. It's nothing for a predator to come up, take him, and just walk off and disappear into the crowd. Yeah. I have a few videos of those, man where predators are just snatching kids. Exactly. You know, moms at the cash register, kids were bouncing off the walls. You know, kids just getting snatched up, yanked outside, they're just walking by, grab the kid, keep walking type thing. Um, Back to situational awareness, (laughs) you know? Exactly. Back to situational Um, awareness. We kind of touched on this, the psychological implications of it all. Yeah. You know, are you guys able to really get people back to normal after they get out and things like that? It's a process like anything else is. I mean, uh, a lot of it depends on how much they've been put through. Uh, Dealing with drug addiction is one thing. Right. Dealing with exactly dealing with drug addiction coupled with DID is an entirely different rodeo altogether because you're not just dealing with the addiction at that point. You're dealing with the addiction and then however many traumatized personalities there are. I mean, essentially you're trying to take a entire tree and turn it into one branch. Yeah. While it's dealing with addiction. Exactly. Issues. Exactly. Now there are success cases. Mm. I mean, uh, a lot of it boils down to how much the person really wants help. I mean, I think uh, the rate right now is a victim will be gotten out at least four to seven times before they're out for good. So they go back. Yeah. So it's like you can be kind of institutionalized to this life. Exactly. I mean, it's all that they've ever known, you know, for however long they've been in it. If you were a child when you were brought into it, then that's all you've ever known. So once you get out, 
part of you, whether it's an altar or whether it's just part of you, you know, yeah. it's going to be drawn to go back to it because it's familiar. It's what you know, uh, which is one of the biggest complications that a lot of the groups like ours have had because uh, I can get you out. I can put you in a safe house. I can arrange, you know, therapy for you for trauma and everything else. Yeah. But you have to want it. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I can't simulate an environment that's at least close to what they've been in, then that other part's going to eat at them until they try to escape and go back to where they came from. It's like any addiction. It's like any, it's like anything. Exactly. Um, Cause I mean, you just, you're programmed to such a high level of this trauma and all these different things that you experience to try to go back to like normal life is just so vanilla. Like it's just so like, it can be so like bland, you know, I would imagine, you know. Well, exactly. Well, another problem we run into is a lot of the uh, safe houses are actually operate more like a halfway house does. Uh, So they have a lot of demands as far they have to detox, no cell phone and stuff like that, which some of those are good. No, they should not have their cell phone by any means whatsoever. Uh, Yes, there should be a detox period, but there's also things that should be in place. I mean, if there's a whole bunch of women there, uh, yes, I can understand that it's iffy having a male presence there, but you're talking about a person who has come from an environment where there is always a strong male figure that is safeguarding, providing protection. As counterproductive as it may seem, they need that there. Mm. They need to have at least some kind of structure where there is a strong masculine presence that is guarding the place and they Mm. know will do what's necessary to keep them safe. Yeah. Well, because in the back of their mind, they're waiting for their pimps and stuff. They got to be waiting for their pimps to find them. Exactly. Exactly. That's the reason why when I explained to you in the email, the way that we do our pickups and uh our operations to actually extract victims uh there is a male presence there at all times that is armed and very secure and knows what they're doing because they need that to feel secure they need that to feel protected now they won't be allowed to say anything the only people that will do any talking to the victims are going to be the women Mm. that are familiar and are able to do the actual counseling and things but that is because, you know, they get very nervous when males start to approach them. That they're not familiar with. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's just one of the precautions that we take. Mm-hmm. Now, if they choose to engage in a conversation with one of my guards, that's okay. But I always warn my guards to be on guard for that because they could be trying to manipulate them. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Can we can we talk about some parts of this operation and how it goes down, uh, or should we keep OPSEC on that? What do you think? Uh, we can go into certain details, some things that I won't reveal <laughs> all of our operations on. Right. Uh, but I will say this: we are branching out right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are looking to train people in other areas that can form their own rescue groups. Uh, and we will provide training for you. 
We will do seminars, video chats, whatever we need to, so you can get the blueprints and understand how it is that we operate and uh, be able to form your own groups. I don't care if you carry on the Archangel Ministry name or you name it something completely different. Mm-hmm. I don't care. We just want more people out here that are willing to do the work. Wow. Outstanding. So that's good. Y'all hear that? <laughs> you know, hey, we're going to contact Jason after this thing and find out how how to set it up, man. It sounds awesome. Like, it sounds like important work. Um, and it really is. Absolutely. It's actually very rewarding work, too. Yes, you're going to have your hard times. Yes, you're going to have times of immense frustration. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you get a hold of that one woman, it's her last time she's out for good. And you can see the relief on her face after she's detoxed and everything else. You know, it's a wonderful feeling. You know, when you are able to liberate that child from the grasp of a pimp that's pushing them to pedophiles and they understand that sense of relief comes over them, they don't have to live that nightmare anymore. There's nothing greater in the world that can be more rewarding that's gotta be true i know that's true man heck yeah that's good stuff jason now when the dust settles on an operation yeah uh so i guess i see two directions uh the pimps the offenders the pedophiles go one direction and the um prostitutes and or sex slaves go the other direction are these pimps and stuff staying in jail like is it like, I mean, I know we kind of touched on this, but like, you, <laughs> <It> <laughs> you know, like on, a lot of it depends on how much I'm able to get them for. Like, uh, if I'm able to get enough evidence together, like, uh, okay, we have an open case right now. I can't name any names or divulge too much intel, but there's a uh, jihadi based group in this area that has been trafficking in women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we found out that they have a network that runs. Uh, to our southern border and interacts with the cartels, goes all the way up through Nashville, Knoxville, and things like that. And uh, we've stopped several women from being able to be abducted and trafficked by them. We've got the names of the members and stuff in the local area as well as Nashville. And uh, right now, one of our people in TBI as well as FBI have taken the case on. Mm to collect more evidence and actually put a stop to it. Good. Okay. Now I said, when you get into the local offenders and stuff like that, you're talking about guys who have rap sheets as long as my arm, they go in, they get out on bail. They go Mm -hmm. back in, they get out on bail, which is the reason why uh, going forward from now on, I always try and keep at least one or two guys that uh, have their bounty hunting license on my team that way if the pimp has skipped bell then we can go ahead and pop him arrest him and get the girl out that way Mm. uh and a lot of times it's hit or miss depending upon how long we can actually hold them for now one of the benefits is that if we are able to go in and actually arrest that person because you know they violated their bell or anything like that then we are able to call in the local pd and whatever evidence that is on scene be it drugs weapons things they're not supposed to have automatically gets put into record and they can face extra charges on top of what we just arrested them for okay so just stacking everything up 
Exactly. Stacking charges on charges. Exactly. I mean, illegal firearms, I think, carries a five to seven year sentence here in the state of Tennessee. So I said that's definitely a good start in the right direction. Heck yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you were going to describe the components of setting up a team like yours, uh, what do people kind of need to get started? Well, the biggest part of any operation is going to be intelligence. So uh, a lot of our intelligence comes from communication one-on-one with the girls out in the streets. Uh, Just like my wife heads up that part of the ministry. Since she's from that world and came out of it, she can talk to them and be someone that the girls can trust. And uh, we will put, you know, gift bags or backpacks together that has, you know, healthy food and stuff that these girls aren't getting, you know, essentials that they need in them. And uh, Janice will take her team and uh, they will distribute these backpacks. We'll actually go out on the strip or downtown and we'll hand these out and actually they'll spend time ministering with them while my team holds back and keeps a very close eye on things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nothing for one of those pimps to show up out of the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by doing that, we earn trust. Okay. You know, the girls know that, hey, there's a group here that does care about what I'm going through, the troubles I'm facing. Uh, and that might not happen at first, but eventually they will reach out to us. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll get a random phone call or they'll recognize us the next time we're out in that area and they'll come up and talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that we're about to start doing is we're about to start getting, you know, little nothings to put in those bags that are going to have the contact information on there in a very subtle and obscure way that most people won't realize. Uh, the reason for that is these pimps go through everything, anything they find questionable, they get rid of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never to be seen again. Uh, books, anything that can educate them as to what they're going through or anything like that gets scrapped. It gets chunked. It gets taken, confiscated. Uh, so you have to find ways around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Intel that you get from those girls is invaluable. They are the ones, especially if they're in high up positions like Angel was. Angel used to keep the books for the entire, you know, East Memphis Crip organization here in town. So she knew everything. Wow. Who was doing what with who, what times, when, where the children were being held, if they were holding any. Uh, the Crips were holding children? Mm-hmm. They were selling to pedophiles too. Golly. Yep. You just don't think, yeah, I mean, like, you just don't think, you know, I don't know. I don't, what do well, I know? Those things you keep seeing the movies and the way everything's portrayed in Hollywood and TV <laughs> series and everything else. So you, you get whitewashed to the yeah. way reality actually is. Yeah. You know, you, you see the bad guy on TV and it's like, oh, he's evil and he's everything bad guy. and stuff like that. And you're just like, well, thank God that never happens in real life. Where do you um. think they get these ideas from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? So, yeah, Intel is the most important thing. If you can get people on your team that really have a heart uh, for these women and children and stuff and that are not afraid to go into the deepest, darkest parts of uh, the cities and things like that and actually shine a light to these people and be a beacon of hope, that's where the main parts of your intel are going to come from. 
now you're, there's always the option of having someone that's very uh, good at finding their way around the dark web. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, we have a couple of uh, military intel guys, you know, that team up with us every now and then. You know, we get them to do whatever they need to do, be it, you know, spying, hacking, whatever. Mm-hmm. Trace the IP stuff for some guys. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I tell them point blank, just tell me what door I have to kick in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As long as I have that information, I can handle the rest. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like I said, Intel is invaluable. That is the most important thing that you can have. You know, so a good team behind you that one has the heart to go out and minister to these girls and be a face that they can trust. And to someone that can help you scout the web and know their, knows their way around the dark web and the chatter and the symbols and everything these guys use, man, that's one of the best things you could ever hope for. Okay. I'll and then stand. after that, you want a solid team that's well-grounded in security. You stand have to up. know your stuff. I mean, it's just like uh, basic operations stuff that I gave you. I can't really divulge all that publicly because yeah. you know, I don't want these people knowing what <laughs> we roll in. But, uh, you know, most of the guys that I keep around are ex-military, you know, or law enforcement or people that have backgrounds similar to mine because mm-hmm. – you know, I know that you're, you have a mission, you still have a purpose. I don't care if you're out of uniform or you're done and retired from the military. I have never met someone that was ex former military that didn't still look for an operation or a mission, you know, some kind of purpose. That's very true. I think that's what kills us after we get out is we fail to find our new fight fail to find our purpose. That's why I write about in my book, finding meaning after the military. Cause it's like, yeah. if you're a warrior, you need a war, you know, now we get to choose that war and we should choose something that's going to help us unlock our potential. But if you don't do that, what do we do with things we don't have purpose for? We don't see the value in them. We throw them away. We misuse them. We abuse them. Uh, and we eliminate them. So yeah, man, I couldn't agree with you more, man. That's, Exactly. So it's one of those things. I've got a soft spot for uh, anyone that's, you know, served, come out of service and stuff because the way my family is. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of these guys that I know of that, you know, they deal with the PTSD and stuff like that, the situations they were in. You know, if being a part of my group can help give them that sense of purpose and prevent them from doing anything foolish, you know, from veteran suicide and stuff like that, then, dude, by all means, come on, join my group. I will help you. You help me. I scratch your back. You scratch mine. We'll work this stuff out together. You know, and if need be, if you need extra help, you know, to get over the PTSD or something, I know some people that I can hook you up. Let's do it. You know? Boom. That's what's up. Jason's about it. (laughs) He's all about that life, man. That's good. Outstanding. Uh, What were some of the symbols? You you mentioned they they use symbols, recognizing these symbols. Well, uh catchphrases, symbols, things like that. Uh, the biggest thing you're going to come across in human trafficking is going to be brands. You know, brands? And, mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. A lot of people automatically think cattle brands, you know, where it's burned into somebody. And you do see that on occasion. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times it's done with tattoos. Uh, 
butterfly tattoos are really big on that. That's usually a symbol of monarch, uh, which means that the individual has usually been under some kind of programming and is pretty much almost guaranteed to be DID. Uh, and then you have the brands of the pimps themselves, specific type of tattoo that says, this is my property. That happens a lot. I mean, that is a constant. You're not really going to see it on children, but anyone 13, 14 and up, odds are they're going to be branded somewhere somehow. Even if it's just a symbol tattoo on their wrist or something small, they've been marked. Hmm. Interesting. So brands are big. Yes. Um, Is there any way the public can help with this problem? Yeah. Thing that everyday people can do collectively, like, is it just get it out, get the message out? Is it, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole lot that people can do. Uh, actually on, uh, my Facebook page, we're working on the website right now. It should be up and running hopefully next week. Okay. Okay. Uh, but for the meantime, they can access Archangel Ministries on Facebook. Okay. Uh, Archangel Ministries 22. It's okay. the only one in Memphis. <laughs> okay. So it's easy to find. Uh, you send me the link. We'll have it in the uh, description when I, I drop the episode. I can yeah. do that. No problem. But yeah, I have stuff on that page. You know, I put training videos and things like that so people can recognize what they're looking at. I mean, I was doing a security detail for a uh, Fred's that's in the Memphis area, you know, over okay. the middle of the ghetto. Uh, yeah one night and uh there was this maybe eight-year-old boy walked in with his uh foster care guardian and uh he was very timid very shy very retracted traumatized talking to anyone (laughs) up goes yeah uh and after looking closely i noticed that he had hickey marks on his neck and bruises on the upper part of his neck where someone's grabbed him by the back of the neck and was controlling him. Uh, those are telltale signs that he has been trafficked recently. Hmm. You know, uh, so I took her tag information of the car and stuff that he left in and we have an open case on it now where we're investigating it. Hmm. Uh, I've reached out to some of my contacts in the local sheriff's department, stuff like that, uh, to, get whatever intel I can from them as far as CPS goes and uh, what exactly it is he's under and, you know, to keep a close eye on them and actually open up an investigation. Wow. You know, so there's signs and things to look for. You know, I have access to train videos and stuff. I'll give you the links uh, Mm. before we post this. And uh, once you learn the signs and what it is to look for, you can be an instrument of change. I mean, it happens at gas stations all the time. You could be filling up your car and uh, you notice, you know, some shady individual, white, black, Hispanic, Arabic, doesn't matter. And he's got a girl with him, you know, about 14. Pay attention to her body movements. You know, she's going to say a whole lot more with her body than you're ever going to get from her mouth. Yeah. Uh, if you think something is going on and shady and something isn't right, if she goes off to the bathroom or gets out of his sight for a second where you can uh, just ask 
if she's okay, ask. Worst thing is she can say everything's fine. That's the worst possible outcome, you know? But if you ask and something is going on and she has recently been abducted or something, you just became an avenue for her to let somebody know that something evil's happening. Yeah. Get that license plate and do what you exactly. can. Exactly. You know, and then there's also publicity. Okay. You know, there's a huge section of our population that likes to keep their head buried in the sand. They uh, love to dissociate and just not believe that there's anything evil that happens in this world. So mm-hmm. the more that we can get the word out there, hey, human trafficking is a problem. As a matter of fact, it's one, our nation is one of the top nations in the world right now that has a problem with human trafficking. You know, wow. So if we can get the word out and you know, make teams like ours, you know, the forefront be like, Hey, this group can help or this group can help. And these teams are set up to work with law enforcement and stuff. We can take a really big chunk out of this. We can do a lot of damage to the way this world works. Awesome. That's good stuff, man. Uh, what would you say the hardest lessons you've learned in the field are? (laughs) Self-control. Oh yeah. 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 Self-control is one of the hardest ones. The others are operational mistakes. Well, it's about patience, you know, Uh, there's a time and place for everything. Okay. You're too quick to jump the gun on something. Then not only can you lose the suspect because they have ways of disappearing and making it very hard for you to track them, Mm -hmm. but you're also going to lose the victim. Mm -hmm. Uh, We worked a case last year. Uh, the girl that we were working with, we had been building a relationship with her, looking for an opportunity to get her out to extract her. And uh, she had called Janice, you know, my wife, uh, to come and meet her at the hotel they were at that she was being trafficked out of. And uh, usually our policy is if we're going there, then they need to come out to us. Yeah. Uh, but we had made the mistake of the sense of urgency where we actually had made the mistake of going into her instead, which is out of our policy. Uh, And while Janice was talking to her, uh, the pimps second in command, one of the uh, shooters, one of their assassins came by to check on the situation. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she told Janice to lie and say that she was her aunt or something like that. And you, this girl was uh, mixed, you know, five, eight, 200 pounds, maybe. Janice is uh, about as white as white can get and about, you know, like five, four. Oh, man. <laughs> so there's this obvious issue. Yeah. Uh, as far as ethnicity and uh, the reality of you being related. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we got out of there with our lives and uh, the intel on the organization that she was trying to give us. But we found out the next day that she had been beat within an inch of her life and taken out of state somewhere and disappeared. We don't even know if she's alive now or not. You know, and that's uh, that hurts. Yeah, it does. Man, yeah, that's that's rough. And I said, so uh, it's one of those things when you have the guidelines in place, 
follow them. Oh, yeah. Unless you can 100% guarantee that you're going to get that person out, stay within the guidelines because mm-hmm. it might not be you that pays the price, but they will. Mm-hmm. And the guidelines are there because these are lessons we've already learned. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's tough, man. Patience is always a big one and staying inside the guidelines is tough sometimes. Okay. What would you say your proudest moments in the field are? Proudest moments in the field is being able to grasp justice. You know, when you're able to get that girl out, when you can get her to that safe house, when you can get her that therapy and stuff that she so desperately needs. And at the same time, you've been able to get enough intel to hand it off to the sheriff's department, local PD, your local TBI, FBI, I don't care, whoever it is you have contact with, and they are able to take that pimp and he actually does time for what he's done. That is, you know, to me, one of the proudest moments there. The only other thing that I can say topping other than that, and, you know, I'm Christian, so I'm sorry, but if I, one of these girls goes to church and stuff and I get to see her get saved, man, that's, that's icing on the cake to me. Yeah. Because that's a chance at a new life right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good to go. Yeah, man. Jeez, man. It's got to go in the darkness and snatch these people out of there. It's awesome. Exactly. Um, if there's one thing you want the listeners to remember about this interview and this topic, what would it be? Hope. Hope. A beacon of hope. If you have the strength, the spiritual and mental fortitude to walk into the darkness and be a beacon of light for these people, you can affect real change. You've given somebody hope. And that is far more precious gift than anyone will ever understand unless they have been in this type of situation. Situation, Yeah. Yeah. Man. Hope. Boom. I have to put that. That's probably going to be the cover somewhere on the cover. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. What, um, okay. Now we're into our closing questions. That was good. All right. Um, anything else you want to add? Oh, if there is one last thing I want to ask you, not one last thing, but of the body of our conversation. Um, I know you said it was a ministry. Uh, is there a way for people to financially support you or support your ministry or anything like that? If people want to join forces with you, help you out. Uh, yeah, you can always uh, contact me via my uh, Proton email right now, mm-hmm. uh, which is archangel22 at protonmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, for any sort of outreach and stuff. Like I said, once we have the webpage going next week, we will have links for PayPal and uh, everything like that for financial support. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, come April, yeah, coming April, we will actually have our business licensing and everything else for our own actual private security uh, firm and stuff like that here in the state, which, you know, contracts and stuff, we get a lot of the funding is going to go straight to the ministry. Awesome. Uh, so. And what, uh, what was going to be that website address when it does come out? Uh, right now we are working on getting the domain name. My, uh, business oh, okay. associates are working on that tonight. 
Okay. I said, well, but I will have that to report to you ASAP. Yes, before I drop this episode. You got probably got a week or so to actually drop it. So, but uh, all right, solid. Good to go. I'm looking forward to it. Um, what would be your favorite quote, favorite mantra? <sighs> My favorite quote saying, Bible okay. verse, whatever. <laughs> what man can call himself a man if he does not do everything in his power to make his world better? Beautiful. Oh, wow. Who says this? To be honest, I actually got it out of a book that I read, oh, some years ago. Uh, and it was just one of those things that, you know, it kind of stuck with me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm always read something. It was, uh, let's see if I can remember the name of the book. I'm like that too now. It's been so many books. I just, I just, know that the knowledge is in there somewhere when I need exactly. it. It's in there somewhere. Odds are it was probably one of uh, Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman's books. So. Okay. I, I feel like I've heard this quote before as well. What man is calls himself a man if he doesn't do everything he can to improve his, to make his world better. I dig it. I love it. You know, I love it, man. Oh yeah. yeah it makes sense. Right? <laughs> you know, you know why we link up on social media because we have very similar ethos, you know? Exactly. Very ethos, man. That's that. That's that roadmap that guides you home. Exactly, one hundred percent. Those are your values, man. That's your. That's your way. Uh, very important. Uh, how would you like to be remembered, Jason? Just as someone that did everything they could to liberate others. That's fantastic. I love that, man. Yeah. <clears throat> Heck yeah. That's good stuff habits that you think make you a better person or that you'd like to pass on to the crowd? Insatiable uh, thirst for knowledge. Yeah. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what your background is. You can always learn something new. Never stop learning. Never stop expanding on what it is that you know. You know, that's, that's the problem with most people. You know, they think, oh, I know enough now and you know, I, I'm good. You know, they have that bachelor's degree or whatever. It's like, no, you, you, dude, you ain't even scratched the surface yet. Keep going. Yeah, <laughs> man. That's the truth, you know. And just the art of learning, the love of learning. School is crystallized, man. It's crystallized, boxed up information they're sliding to you, man. It's what they want you to know. I get it, you know. Um, but man, my audiobook journey and the wisdom and knowledge I've gained, if any wisdom, I won't say I have wisdom, but any knowledge I've gained from that journey of life and perspective I've gained from my audiobook, my book reading, personal growth kind of journey versus my collegiate journey and yeah. that, you know, the bachelor's, master's, all that. Man, the audiobook kills it because it's just like, I mean, the body of knowledge is so like personalized, tailored. It's like, I want to learn about this. I want to learn about this. I feel this. I want to learn about that. And it's like so much more relevant and useful, you know, on so many different topics. You know, it's like, all right, the psychology is just like one crystallized stream, you know? Um, So I don't know. I think, I think a lot of people miss a lot of things when they think they know something. It's like, well, your sphere of influence is this big. Yeah, you know I mean, like exactly. your experience on this planet is like you might this. Wanna, 
big. You know what I mean? Like, and a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like take in other people's experiences, especially people that are smarter than you. Like the kind what write books. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, like you can download information like the Matrix into your head now. This is yeah, exactly. It's one of those There's no more excuses. There's just oh, no more like, excuses. Go get an audio book. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Listen to it on the way to work. You're done. It's free, man. <laughs> yeah, you know that's good stuff, man. Wow. Well, this was a fantastic uh, conversation. You know about a dark topic, but I feel like this conversation did uh, spread some light and some hope. You know, if even if only through understanding. You know, so much yeah. of psychology even is not just me. Uh, someone trying to fix someone else, but it's letting that person talk about something so it can bring awareness to something in someone's so mind. Understand their self. Exactly. Just, I mean, you know. it's just like, uh, you know, being DID, you know, the therapy and stuff that I've been through, that's one of the things mm-hmm. I had to learn. Yes, these parts were separate from the me that's me, mm-hmm. but they're still a part of me. Yeah. Each one of them has strengths and weaknesses, <laughs> you know, and through the healing process, what was shattered gets put back together like a broken mirror and it becomes whole again, yeah. you know? So that's one of the things that's invaluable and of Absolutely. importance. Yeah. And I'm sure that, I mean, the healing process may still be taking place on some levels, but how long did that, does that process generally take uh, with the DID uh, uh, Victor, uh, a lot of it depends on the your support. Yeah. And uh, me personally, it was my relationship with Christ that had the biggest majority to do with my healing. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying there aren't people out there that have done it strictly through psychology and mm-hmm. seeing therapists and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, for me, I have a solid support structure. I have a group of people that I go to for my counseling. So Mm -hmm. if something does come up that needs to be dealt with, I have people I can call Mm -hmm. and I can set up a a video meeting and we can hash it out and get to the core of it and, Mm -hmm. you know, make progress. Uh, I've accomplished a lot over the last four years. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's still a little bit of ways to go though. You know, I've known people that were DID that suffered, you know, childhood similar to mine, and it took them 20, 25 years before they were, you know, complete and just hold again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is a book that I can recommend uh, so you can kind of get a window into what that world's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> it's a book by a gentleman named Nathan Reynolds called okay. Snatched from the Flames. Snatched. I yeah, snatch from the flames. Okay. Now, can you, uh, can you send me a yeah. link to it once we're done here? Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. I can actually send you a link to uh, because he's been converting it to audiobook. Ooh. Uh, so I can send you the links on YouTube for the individual chapters. Mm, fantastic. You know, I'm about my audiobooks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this, this is someone I know personally, you know, uh, had a childhood and stuff almost identical to mine wow. the way his family operated and stuff. So, uh, you know, definitely well worth the read. Definitely worth looking into. Okay. Outstanding. Well, man, Jason, 
It's been good. You got anything you want to add or we cover all of it? And we covered all of it, man. I'm just glad that you gave me the time to come on here with you and, you know, hash it out and have this awesome conversation, man. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to have this, um, that, you know, that God's given me this platform to do these things with, you know? And I just knew when I saw your message, I was like, I need to have a conversation with this guy. <laughs> you know, I think it was just really kind of the grace of God. Um, that's the way he does things. <laughs> yeah. 100%. You know, just get this info out here, get this message out here, try to see if I can add some sauce to what you guys are doing, some exposure and things. Um, and uh, yeah, brother, that's good. That's a thank you. Thanks for everything you said, man. It's an honor to be able to contribute. So. And it's, it's an honor just to be able to get on here with you and, you know, have a platform to reach out on and talk and stuff, man. It's a, uh, it's a gift. I appreciate it. It's a gift, man. That Thank you. I'll just try and be a good steward until, you know, until he takes it back or until I'm out of time. <laughs> At any rate, man. Uh, and you know how it works. As long as we got a job to do here, we ain't going nowhere. Yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. All right. Well, good to go, brother. Thanks so much for coming and joining me. I'm glad we're connected. Um, I think, yeah, man, I'm glad about that. And uh, I look forward to uh, the next time our paths cross, brother. Thank you. And most definitely. Thank you, brother. All right, brother. Talk soon. Take care. God bless. Bye. Yo, if you're a private security professional wanting to take your game to the next level, go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to check out my personal success package for private security professionals. Check it out, executiveprotectiontrainingday.com. And remember, y'all, hard skills do save lives, but soft skills get you paid. Boom. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place. Do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can because it makes all of these things possible. Thanks for those contributions. Yo, and before we go, you know, I got a shout out to the sponsor, starting out with Primary Weapon Systems, PWS. They truly are the evolution of the rifle. Use Byron for 10% off. Gray Man and Company, the most comfortable tactical suits in the game. Use Byron for 10% off with them. Ballistic Theory. You're going to start seeing a lot of stuff with me in Ballistic Theory because they got good ammo for good prices. Use Byron for my discount with those guys as well. Last but not least, Executive Protection Institute. Hey, go check them out and get your executive protection education on. Until the next podcast, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. Out.